Help keep Kinks and Beats Daily alive with a $4 monthly contribution and receive exclusive bonus episodes as our thank you to you. Visit HeroHabit.com slash shop for more details. Hello and welcome to Kinks and Beats Daily. I'm your host, Tony Fry. This is episode 184. I am still looking for your contributions to our, our next bonus podcast. I want to know what kinks, Beatles, or solo song you've changed your opinion on over the years. Um, something you used to like that you hate, something that you hate that you're used to hate that you love. Um, what song is it? How did your opinion change? What changed it? Tell me all about it. I want to hear it. We've had some interesting submissions so far, but I'd like to have more and um, keep them coming. You know, this podcast, we're 184 episodes in. If you're just joining us, you know, this episode could have come out six months ago. Still make the call. I'll throw them in future bonus episodes. Um, this is a topic I'd, I, I'd like to have you guys talking about for a while. So you can give me a call, 925-494-1739. Also, join our Facebook group, uh, Kinks and Beats, uh, facebook.com slash Kinks and Beats. We are now on Twitter, at Kinks and Beats. And if you forget any of this stuff, you can always find out all the information you need if you go to Hero Habit and then click on the podcast button at the top of the page. All right. Today we are talking about, this is our third song in a row by the Kinks on this podcast that is a bit of an obscurity. We haven't had a big Kinks hit in a while on this podcast. but um, And just looking at the schedule, we don't have a, we don't have a big hit coming for a while. But we got some great music. And this one is called Here Comes Flash. And it was released November 16th, 1973 on Preservation Act 1. We've talked a lot about Preservation Act 1. We did a full bonus episode on Preservation Act 1. Um, This is a weird album. This is an album that a lot of people hate. And then a lot of people defend, you know, to their death. I'm kind of in the middle. I like a lot about this album, but I get the criticism. Maybe sometimes it's a little unfair, but I understand how it's not everybody's cup of tea, but I, I do enjoy this one. You know, this song was also released as the B-side of Money Talks on April, in April of 1974 in the U.S. It did not chart, in case you uh, did not see the end of that sentence coming. I have mixed feelings about this song, as I do with a lot of preservation. But for starters, the band arrangement on this track begs to be blasted loud. But the vocals in the mix are too upfront and present in the mix. And um, blasting them makes them too loud, especially when you have all the affectation and the female vocals kind of very high register. It cuts through. I just don't like the mix on this song. The live version from Kinks at the BBC, in my opinion, is the better mix of the song. It's a better rendition. It's high energy. Uh, it's a little sloppy in spots, but I think it's the superior mix. If Preservation, the album, sounded like the songs they did live sounded, we'd be having a very different discussion about Preservation, I believe. It's also one of those songs that you run into on any rock opera where the focus of the song is to progress a plot point, And it doesn't necessarily stand on its own. You know, Lola was a concept album, 
but all the songs stand on their own because they are about universal topics, universal themes, universal concepts. They are not trying to deliver a narrative. But in this one, Flash is a character in this opera, not a universal theme or concept. So conceptually, it doesn't hold up on its own because it's grounded in its concept. You know, Get Back in Line is not grounded in uh, a concept narrative on Lola. It's just a song with a subject matter that fits the concept. That's why Lola, in my opinion, is a better con one of the best concept albums ever. Um, and then with the you know, so you've got this weird lack of context for what's being sung, and then you have the various voice affectations that add more confusion if you don't have the context of the song and almost make it sound like like we know ray is being theatrical we know ray uses that voice in this song when he wants to appear like the aristocratic you know upper class brit but if you take your knowledge of preservation um out of the equation it could come off like he's making fun of his own lyric you know so I think this is one of those songs that away from the album, it has a hard time standing up on its own, which is a shame because it's a cool song. Um, musically, it's pretty grounded in the key of A major and revolves around the primary one, four, five chords. But what's cool is that he starts the verse focused on the five chord. So we're in the key of A, but he starts the song on an E chord. So it feels like we're in E major. And then when we get to the section when when he goes, he will smile to you, be a friend to you, he shifts the, to A. So now we're technically on the tonic, but it feels like the fourth. Because he's established through this whole thing that we are in the key of E. Um, for the bridge, and, and a lot of this, this is kind of my way of interpreting it. In reality, he's not really in a key at all, probably. Um, for the bridge, he jumps away from E major and moves to E minor, and then uses a diatonic moving chords to return back to E. So he's just going like, you know, uh, E, D, C, B minor, A. You know, he's just doing that, just going down the scale with chords to get him back to um, the original key. At the end of the day, Ray would probably say the song is in the key of E major until the bridge when it's in E minor um, and his chord selections are not grounded in that at all. Um, they tell a very different story, but I'm sure if you were to ask him, he would say it's in the key of E. Overall, this is a cool little rocker. And um, with all the kinks theatricality that some, myself included, enjoy from this period of their discography, um, it's not a song I revisit often. And uh, I usually opt to skip this song and go straight to Sitting in the Midday Sun, which is the next song on the album. But it is a cool one. And like I said, if you haven't listened to the kinks at the BBC version of this track, go do yourself a favor. It is a smoke. Yeah, I'm going to put it on the Spotify playlist. I will put both versions 
on the Spotify playlist. So if you were following that playlist, um, all those songs will be there for you, both versions. But definitely check it out. It's, it's, I think, so much better live, even with the sloppiness. Um, because, it, like I said, musically, it's a cool track. And it's simple, you know, straight ahead rock, three chord rock, more or less. But it works. I just wish it had better lyrics. But this is what you get when you listen to rock operas. All right. That's it for me. Make sure you swing by iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and review. And then follow us on all the social media stuff I had mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. I hope to hear all your cool voicemail messages um, very soon. And have a great day. This podcast is presented by the Hero Habit Podcast Network. Swing by HeroHabit.com today to comment on this episode and poke around our growing database of sports and pop culture news, reviews, and collectibles. HeroHabit.com. Collect your heroes.